now we're here. <laughs> so, yes. Welcome everyone to another episode of my podcast. This is like, I think the first time I actually recorded it first before I put the audio up. So okay. it's going to be nice to just talk to Raina today and get to know her more. And she's a really cool person. And you'll see Thank why you. during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can like do a brief introduction. Okay, oh, so my name is Tarina. Oh, okay. So I'm Tarina, originally from the Bronx. I live in Brooklyn now. Uh, my passion, just my whole thing is wrestling. I do have other interests, but everybody just thinks I love wrestling or everything, but I have everything going for me. I have two kids. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much a stay-at-home mom, and I just do my website. I do YouTube. Sometimes I need to get back on YouTube, and I'm about to start wrestling soon. <laughs> So I think my first question for you, as I okay. ask any other wrestling fan slash friend, because a lot of my best friends are wrestling fans. It's kind of like the way that I've like came up, kind of like my little misfit group. Like that's all we would talk about wrestling or we would talk about anime, comic books and all that sorts of things. Same. So like Same. for you personally, how did you get into wrestling? crazy because my grandmother got me into wrestling she like growing up as far back as yeah like as far back as I can remember she like taped all the old 80s wrestling from probably 70s too from like Ric Flair to Hulk Hogan Macho Man Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels even in the 90s we sat there and watched wrestling all the time so as far back as I can remember my grandmother was a wrestling fan and she raised me so like we just sat there and watched wrestling all the time <laughs> I think it was like yeah, so that's how that started. it was the opposite for yeah. me I got my grandmother <laughs> into wrestling and she would like be screaming at the TV at like some of the matches, especially yes. we had like old WCW tapes that we would watch. And my yes. favorite moment was, I think it was like an Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair match. And she was like screaming at Ooh. the TV <laughs> the entire time. My grandmother, she was yeah she was more of a wcw one too because i love wwf but we had our own little war like she was wcw i was wwf that was wow. that's crazy that she mentioned that <laughs> that's interesting so what did she like think of wwf yeah. well she wasn't like into it or she didn't really no she was but she yeah but she loved like like i said hulk hogan macho man so when they jumped shit to wcw she was all wcw she was like i don't know these new people i don't know the rock i don't know stone cold Little did she know, years later, they would be big. But you know what I mean? She didn't really like the new guys. So she uh, stayed with WCW. <laughs> that's what that was. That, that's really interesting. So would you say that, you know, watching wrestling with your grandmother growing up, that kind of influenced you to want to do it? Or were there yes. any other factors that influenced you? That and the fact that I grew up predominantly around boys. Because, <laughs> like, I'm not Me an too. only child, but... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not an only child. I'm the oldest of five. But, like, I grew up around boys in my neighborhood. Like, I didn't hang out with the girls so much because they, I was, I'm a tomboy. I didn't like to, like, jump rope and, like, paint nails or whatever. I like to play video games and basketball. So, like, <laughs> being around them, they talked about wrestling, too. And they used to play around, you know, play wrestling was always a thing. And they used to play wrestle with us. And my grandfather would be like, that's too rough. She's a girl. But I was just like, no, I want to do this. So, yeah, that, yeah. And, like, watching yeah, like watching Stone Cold Steve Austin too. That was like a big thing because he was like the biggest thing in wrestling back in the day. And I was like, I want to do that, you know? And China as well, Stone Cold and China, like really watching them growing up made me want to do it. 
like, dang, if she could do what I can do. And she was like the only female back then, you know? So that's really yeah. what made me want to do it. Yeah. That's really. And I 100% agree on China, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of like on the younger side, but I was introduced oh. to China through TNA wrestling. She had like, really? yeah, she had a little brief stint in TNA and she kind of like rekindled her feud with Jeff Jarrett. You know, they feuded back in the dark. Right, I do remember that. So I was like, who is this woman? Like, I want to look her up. So I was like looking her up right. on YouTube and then I started seeing like her work with DX and, you know, her winning yes. the Continental title. I was like, that blew my mind. <laughs> because right. it was like still kind of like, like I didn't really like understand like all about wrestling, but I was just like really excited about it. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm seeing this woman, she's probably like five, 10, six feet tall. And she's beating up dudes probably near her size, bigger near her, like definitely right. smaller. And it was like- and even smaller. <laughs> and then I really started like watching like Eddie Guerrero and Undertaker. Those were my earlier favorites as well. Especially Eddie, Eddie was just, just hey. charismatic. <laughs> it didn't even matter. He like, loves he Eddie. <laughs> Like it didn't even matter that he was smaller in size, it's just like his charisma just mm -hmm. showed and you couldn't help but like fall for him even when he was a bad guy. Like I remember right. cheering on when he was a bad guy. Like he was like the first real bad guy that I cheered on besides like the baby faces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was incredible. I loved Eddie. Like I remember the first time I saw Eddie was when he was with China, like when they did that sent um Mamacita, remember they did that? That was so, so I was like, I love them so much. I was just like, well, who is this guy? Because I, I stopped watching, like I was on and off watching wrestling back in the day. Because like um, my grandmother wouldn't let me watch it sometimes. I don't know. But yeah, when I came back to it, I was like, who is this with China now? Why China looks good. You know, because she femmed up, like she made herself look more girly. Because I loved her before when she was like DX's bodyguard. But when she became uh, Eddie's like lover, I was just like, wow, these two are good together. And Eddie's, like you said, he was smaller, but he was very charismatic and he could move, he can go, you know, yeah. just because he was smaller. And then they put the strap on him, the belt. And I was like, yeah, you know, so it, it Eddie was him. another one. Yeah, it, it Eddie was so another well. one. And in regards to like, you know, just women's wrestling in general, being that, you know, you were a tomboy growing up, did you really identify with other women's wrestlers besides China or did that not come until um, later on? It didn't come till later because when I grew up with the Attitude Era, it was pretty much like, who was it? Sable and uh, Tori, Tori, not Tori Wilson, but Tori from DX, uh, you know, all the blondes and that, I'm not taking anything away from them because okay, they were there, but <laughs> I really love Sherry Martel, Sensational Sherry later on when I like, um, <laughs> She worked with uh, Harlem Heat in WCW. And I was like, who is this woman? Like, she's charismatic as well. She could talk, you know? And then I found out she was Shawn Michaels' uh, valet back in the day. And I was like, oh, this woman, she was a wrestler. Her, the fabulous Moolah, and all of them back in the day. I didn't know there was a, like a league of women's wrestlers that Vince kind of cut off in the 90s, you know? So yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is incredible. There were women's wrestlers before then, you know? So that was good to know. Yeah, my knowledge of like women's wrestling started like through the Add to Era, Ruthless Aggression mm -hmm. Era, which is kind of like mm -hmm. my beginning. So that was like kind of like my knowledge of women's wrestling at that time. 
So when I like began looking into the history of WWE and then like going all the way back to like the rock and wrestling era in the 80s, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah like these women were like charismatic. You had like, so you said Sherry Martell. I love Sherry. She played the heel character so well. <laughs> so well. Especially when she you was- loved to hate her. <laughs> she was like with Shawn Michaels and then Macho Man Randy Savage. It's just like, she had a way of like making those wrestlers like look even more like edgier or more dislikable or you just want to hate them even more because she was there. exactly she exactly and the fact that she sang Shawn Michaels first theme song I was like wow and never nobody else could like nobody else in history did that saying a wrestler's theme song you know what I mean that's cool that's just so cool it's, it's rad and just yeah of, like how far women's wrestling has come over the years you know the look the look has really changed Especially Absolutely. when you think of like us as African American women, you think back to right. you know, African American women weren't featured as prominently. Like, yeah, you had like Jazz and Jacqueline, mm -hmm. you know, those two, they were holding it down. I don't know other women in other promotions like Awesome Kong, you know, she was yes. like really big. She was like popular in Japan, you know, she did her thing over there. But now it's just like more Black women are being pushed to the forefront in wrestling. Mm -hmm. So when you watch when you watch wrestling, especially growing up, do you feel like there was a kind of like that that block of like representation? Like, oh, I love these women, but I wish there was more like like women yes. like me on TV. Because that's yes, kind of absolutely <laughs> absolutely no, yeah. Because like I said, back in the day, you had women's wrestlers I guess you could say I don't want to say they're wrestlers because Vince had his vision of women's wrestlers back in the day mm -hmm. you know but like me I grew up watching mostly the men and even then there wasn't really a lot of color men in wrestling nation of domination maybe but then they just threw them into one stable you yeah, know what I'm saying like a, a like a stereotypical box. you're right exactly exactly so that I was just like oh that's cool but where's where's women like me you know what I'm saying so yeah like you said Jacqueline and Jazz came later on but even then they were still like okay we can give you the belt but we're gonna have to give it back to Trish or Lita one day which I'm not taking nothing away from Trish and Lita because they're bomb too even still but yeah. like you know like where was us I was really looking for that growing up and when Jacqueline came to the scene she fought Sable I was just like okay then we have our first black women's champion but nobody talks about that nowadays she was yeah. our first black women's champion yeah, I really feel like in terms of women who really impacted WWE during that era, I feel like Jacqueline is not talked about as much. Yeah. Not in jazz either, because she was like, no, like, yeah. Those high pressure situations too. So it, it kind of makes me a little sad. <laughs> it does. It does. She's also talented. Like, right. And going on outside of WWE, like for me personally, I got really into. You know, Lucha Libre, Japanese. Yes, wrestling. me too. Me, personally, because of Lucha Libre, you know, most wore the mask. So it was kind of like, like that mystique. Mm -hmm, <laughs> like, right. Okay, you know their ring name, but you don't know their, like, their real life personas. You don't know their personal life. So it's just like a lot left to be discovered. So that's kind of like what got me into Lucha Libre. And mm -hmm. just like the fast paced movement and just how like smoothly executing like crystal so it's it's like watching art in motion to me it's like watching that yeah and then in japan you know it's more like hard-hitting 
sometimes some of the shows like stardom you have like women they have like their little characters and their outfits and their little so cute food. i love stardom i love star i just actually started watching that like maybe two months ago i was like wow what, what was i missing this is cute and it's, oh, it's I love amazing it. I, yeah. I started watching stardom probably around 2013 2014 oh. so that's when i got into eo shirai and Kana, well, better known as Oscar now. So that's how Oscar, I got it. Yeah. And I like how they combine the wrestling, but they also have like little, their characters and then they do like little dance routines like during their Yeah, <laughs> so cute and animated. I love it. I love it. Probably because I'm like a big like lover of Japanese culture in general. <laughs> so Same. It's Same a plus. <laughs> it's a plus for me. But now we're like in like this era of like the women's evolution, like do in your opinion, do you think that the purpose of the evolution has like accomplished its goals or do you think it's kind of like, there's still some things that need to be addressed? Um, I think it's a little bit of both because like, I feel like the point of the women's revolution, the women's evolution, I should say, was to get women's wrestling on the map, which it has done. You see, like, they're in the main event now. Look at Bianca Belair and Sasha. They were in the main event of Wrestle Freaking Mania. That's big for us color women. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see that growing up. That's the type of stuff I wanted to see growing up. So I feel like it served its purpose, but we still have more, especially when it comes to WWE. I'm just talking, like, in general, but when it comes to WWE as well, they have more to accomplish. But everywhere, it's like you see women wrestling everywhere now, and it's, like, it's the best. It's as best as ever been, but they still have yeah. more to give. I think for me, like growing up when I was watching, like, you know, just wrestling in general, like you see like the men, they will be in steel cage matches, tables matches. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, how come the women are like in those <laughs> matches? So exactly. I, so I went and I watched like TNA wrestling. I say TNA because that's like how I acknowledge it. Like I remember 2009 to 2014 TNA. That's mm -hmm. like my favorite era. So then you see the knockouts. <laughs> They were like these badass women. They were in like six sides of steel matches and tables, yes. matches, ladders and chairs. Even the first blood match, they had one of those matches. Balls count anywhere. I was like, wow, why is it WWE right. doing this? Right, <laughs> they right. Like their own their own women's pay per view in 2013 called Knockouts Knockdown, and I was like. Dude, that was, <laughs> this great. was It's right here, right? Like it's right here, Vince. Can we please, you know? I mean, granted, they did do it, but years later, and they still have yet to give us more because we want to see more of the women's evolution pay-per-view. We need two, three, four, you know what I mean? And like um with TNA, back in that era of 2009 to 2014, the women were kicking ass, like seriously. Yeah, they were, and, you know, like everybody yeah. had to pay attention to them and they had yeah. you know, main women's title, they had tag straps, you know, they were yeah man and it was like yeah and it's like wwe had the wrestlers they had the women but they just didn't want to do anything with them like maybe lay cool at that time lay cool was doing their thing but they they had to split a belt literally yeah and that's the thing it's just like <laughs> i feel like wwe had probably just as much if not even more like tag teams like prior yes. to making up those tag straps they had the bella twins unpredictables you know they had tag they teams that made sense divas are doomed like they had all these tag teams that made sense it's like y'all couldn't have maybe straps in so i was happy when they made the tag titles but i was like 
they could have made this what are you <laughs> right and then and then I was so scared it's like every time WWE makes any type of decision I get nervous like I, okay that's good but what are you going to do with it you know like that's how, how I felt when they introduced the tag team titles for the women I was like wow this is amazing because they were here before like we had women's tag team titles in the WWE before but this was way back in the 80s or maybe 70s I'm not sure but they were there before but I was just like you know what are they going to do with them you know and then the way that uh, Bailey and Sasha lost I was like they could have carried it for a longer time you know so at that point I was just like they failed well not failed but they're decreasing in you know what I mean like yes yeah. that uh status so I'm just like but I love the fact that Natty and Tamina are champions now I do like that yeah I, I think do. that's a good idea given like their background their lineage and, you know, they deserve it both it, of them yeah it makes perfect sense especially to me mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness it was about time i have a soft spot like, for Tamina, man yeah, absolutely i love her her family like the whole anawai uh fatu family i love them like their whole lineage them. is perfect <laughs> like my family family like yes like i legitimately and tamina debuted like with the usos like i thought yes. like okay this woman's gonna be a threat she's gonna get Tired of strap, like oh, I, was I was so disappointed after like a year. I was like, well, what are they doing with her? You know? It was like there oh were some times where they did put her in like a Divas title matches. I was just like, okay, they probably should have gave her a strap at that time. Mm -hmm. I was like, right. Sad. And then on top of that, then she had like injuries and whatnot. And then that kind of like Yeah, and that kind of derailed it too. Put her out, but I'm like, man, come on now. <laughs> like I yeah, really man. thought they were on her like back at least 2010, 2011 ish. At like least. There. At least. But I mean the women's division wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't right because Vince had all the tools he like needed, but he just I don't know. We know Vince's brain isn't right sometimes, yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> literally, like put like the women's division like on the shelf in like early nineties because he was just, just like, kept it there for a whole twenty years almost. I'm just like, Crazy. bro, <laughs> really? Yeah, man. I, it's like always, always with him. It's like right in front of his face, but he doesn't see it. Yeah, and like even when like the WWF, they had like women's tag team titles, but the thing is, only like two or three teams held those titles, but they held mm -hmm. them for long periods of time. So right. Like, what was the point? <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like you didn't even have a bunch of you know people fighting for it, or even like you know stories behind it or whatever. Even nowadays, it's like you just throw teams together and hey, here's a tag team. No, yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> it makes me sad because I love tag team mm -hmm. growing up. Me too. Which I kind of want to ask you who are some of your favorite tag teams, male or female? Like for me, oh, Hardy Boys, because yes, they're North Carolinians just like I am. So gotta represent. Yes. And I just love like the whole concept of that team. They're just doing this crazy, extreme, badass stuff. And I particularly am a fan of Jeff Hardy, probably because he's like very creative, not only like in his ring gear, but he was singing his own theme music, you know, he was yeah. like recording albums, and, you know, everything was just like a very tight package with him. But I enjoyed like the whole team as a whole. And then he had Lita in there and that just added another element to it. And then right. also like Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, uh, Harlem Heat, Steiner Brothers, you know, even like the NWO, like those tag teams that they had in that group. Tons of different 
tag teams. I can go all day, but yeah, <laughs> you kind of get so you like, kind of name like half of my list, like right there. But no, like I love tag team wrestling, but you don't really see it a lot no more. And it, well, you do, but like those tag teams that belong together, that grew up together type thing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But um, who, who are some of my favorite tag? I want to say um, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty back in the day were some of my favorites, like one of the best tag teams out there. Um, Team Extreme, like you said, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys. Uh, Ray and Eddie, they were good for a while. I love them as a tag team. Yes. Los Guerreros too, and even oh my God, the Radicals, Chris Benoit, and everybody. You know, I love them as. Oh a team. yes, I love them. Stable. I mean, they're they're more of a stable, but you know, them they were great. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think another team. No, it's another team that like. I don't really think I could count them as a team, but I know in ECW. I think it's like Sabu and RBD. I think they were a team at one point. They were good too. Yeah, actually. I liked them better as rivals, but I did enjoy them as a team too. Because <laughs> they both had that high flying style that just, like, you're always on the edge of your seat watching Sabu. RBD as well, to his respect, but my goodness, Sabu was something Sabu, else. <laughs> Sabu was like a, wreck, a one man wrecking ball. I mean, he was yes. body through these craziest things. But I think, oh like, my for God. me, like, I love, like, death, like, that hardcore style of wrestling. Uh-oh. Sorry, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like that hardcore style of wrestling, especially, like, 90s ECW, not, like, the WWE version. No, not that. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. Absolutely not. I like, okay. um, like, hardcore, those matches, and then, like, in Japan, they have, like, like big Japan for wrestling and frontier martial arts wrestling, where it's just like these crazy high octane deathmatch situations. They even Ooh. like their women's division or like FMW's women's division in the 90s, they were like crazy badass. And there's this one match that I always watch is Megumi Kudo versus Combat Toyota. It was in like an electrified barbed wire deathmatch. And they were like, it was like for a title unification wow. match. That match was insane. I always watched that match. And it was Combat Toyota's retirement match. So it was like a lot of oh. It was insane. I mean, you had like barbed wire steel cage matches. Like these women were in there like doing all of it. And I think they were like wow. as hard, sometimes even harder than the men. In those right. Matches. Yeah. You know, I feel like that sometimes. Like they go harder than the men sometimes, man. They do. It those women, like they're badass, but they scared the hell out of you too. <laughs> it, I could imagine. Yeah, so I you never feel like like watching like high octane stuff, like frontier martial arts wrestling, their women's division. It's like it's amazing. I have to watch some because me myself, I'm not gonna say I'm not into it. I have watched the, like some death matches before, but it's not something I would just turn my TV on and watch. But I do want to check out some. I should. Because they did that uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Nick Gage, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, I learned so some things like, yeah, about I, some I learned some things about Nick that I didn't know previously. Like that whole situation, right. where he had a death match, and he was like practically saying, "Oh, yeah, like I almost died." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was and, like, then, yeah. and then Homeboy, his opponent, was pissed off because they had to drag Nick out. I'm like, "Bro, what's wrong with you?" But he's about to. <laughs> Hi, dude like just relax get let him you know 
that's the type of that's the type of not well yeah i guess it's the type of mentality they have with that you know they're like well come back in the ring we're not finished <laughs> that's scary to me that's scary to yeah me. i wouldn't want to do that but seeing that no, you're you're like working on your training to get back in mm-hmm. the ring so what is like the style or styles that you want to go for so um I haven't wrestled let me just start by saying I haven't wrestled in probably seven years my daughter's going to be seven this year so that's the last time I've wrestled but my style is and was going to be is wasn't is sorry wasn't is going to be submissionist I'm going to be like a submissionist and like a brawler sort of because like I'm tall so like and then I'm kind of strong I don't want to like boast too much about it but I'm strong so I can use that to my advantage for both if that makes sense Uh So yeah, I'm still in the works of it. I'm still waiting on some people to get me in the ring, but we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, I I asked that because I like the brawler style. <laughs> so I think it's great. Yeah, okay. I like brawler. Awesome. I, at first, I did not like, like the submission, like style mm. of wrestling. Cause I think because I didn't really understand it. And then I started like watching right like Bret Hart matches and Chris Benoit matches and they would just put you in oh my submissions goodness. and it looks like okay they're trying to kill these people in these spaces <laughs> they're trying to like break that's what I said too I right like, okay I, I I see it now <laughs> but I'm still like a, that's what I said too that's funny I'm still like because I was so like opposed to it oh I'm sorry no I was just saying like I was so opposed to it before that's funny that you said that because I saw the same thing like Chris Benoit putting them in the crippler crossfade I'm like he's trying to break his neck I don't think I would ever want to go through that or do that to somebody so but now it's, it's like you got to play safe like it's a way to put people in moves so you won't hurt your opponent it's a way to do your moves to the opponent without hurting them you both have to be like right here with one another so you don't get hurt you yeah. know what I mean so and then seeing women do it like Natalia and these days Shayna Baszler, who I was like a fan Ooh, of. Oh, she's the best. Yeah, I was a fan of hers when she was like an MMA. So I'm also an MMA fan. So I've been following her since I say pre UFC. So it's been quite a while. Then I saw her on Ultimate Fire. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, it's I remember broke. her. And, and oh, you were frozen was- for a little bit. I didn't hear anything you said. Oh, okay. I'm back. Is it my connection? Okay. Yeah, you are. I hear you now. Okay. So basically, I was saying that I had got mm-hmm. into Shayna while she was still in MMA, and then she mm-hmm. retired from MMA, moved pro wrestling. She wrestled on the indies for a little bit before she went to WWE, but her submissions, they look like they're painful too. <laughs> yes. And then they you do. can tell, like, the way she's built, you look super strong. She, like, she'll probably kill you too <laughs> so that's oh my goodness. Like big on I'm getting a little bigger on submissions and then like a good old high flying match especially like Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero I would say Eddie Ooh, Guerrero too Eddie Guerrero too yeah. but he he does have like that hard hitting style a little bit because he was like he does right he was built like he was like like muscle Eddie was really like muscle you know so, like, when he did jump through that frog splash, though, he caught air, like, air. So that was, like, one of my favorite things to watch with Eddie. I was just like, where's the frog splash? I want to see the frog splash, you know? <laughs> I loved Eddie so much. Yeah. And I think another thing for me was when you see, like, those high-flying moves, 
especially when it's like done really fast, I enjoy it. I know, like, I remember when Ray was in WCW, he was a little smaller than what he was before. He, he was so tiny. He was so tiny, but he moved so fast. Yeah. So you have to, like, really have your eyes glued to the TV. <laughs> yes. And that was the best part. That was the best part for me is watching him, like, going back and forth. Like, oh, my God, where is he going to go next? You know? Yeah. I, I have a soft spot for, like, the WCW Cruiserweight division because it was just, like, so high like so high impact and I also mentioned Huma too Guerrero he's like like up there with like Ray and like Eddie in terms of like high flying but he's not even like mentioned as much probably because he wasn't as popular as Ray and Eddie but he he was like right. amazing too and he could go he was he was great he was great I don't think honestly well we did have a great we did do have a great cruiserweight division in WWE, but I don't think there ever be another one like WCW. Yeah, like ever. They were so. I don't know if you ever saw that match between him and Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Ray in WCW, but that match yeah. is like to me. I've watched it like three or four times, maybe, like in my life. It's such a good match. They were just like all over the place, and it was just amazing. And the people like like out of their seats too. They were just like, oh my god, what are they gonna do next? <laughs> Right. So I think another question I would have, I'm kind of like curious about what people think about the cinematic, like like matches or cinematic segments that they're doing for mm-hmm. wrestling. They kind of like really got into it with Lucha Underground, which I was a huge oh, fan really? of. Yeah, I enjoy Lucha Underground. I'm sad that it's not like really coming on anymore. I don't think it is. They're you know, trying to bring it back, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I watched Lucha Underground for free <laughs> on this app called oh. TV. All the seasons are up there, so I'll go back and watch it every now and then. I think they accomplished like that goal of having like cinematic segments, but along with like promoting like their wrestlers like as supernatural beings. And then you see in WWE with like you know Bray Wyatt and like his firehouse. Fly Firehouse Matches? I forgot how. Oh, Firefly Funhouse. Firefly Funhouse. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, with Alexa Bliss, like, doing, like, supernatural, mm-hmm. like, things, like, during her matches. Would you see yourself doing, like, those kinds of matches? Or do you enjoy the concept of those matches? Or do you feel like it kind of takes away from, like, what wrestling is about because you have like one side of people like they like to enjoy it and it's like interesting and the other side is just like this isn't wrestling you should be doing this so right like yeah I've heard those people it. yeah so um with me I enjoy watching it like the first one remember I think it was the Undertaker versus AJ Styles that's the first one I saw because I didn't know they did it in Lucha Underground and I'm a big fan so I was like wow but um, yeah, I don't think I would do one, but I love to watch one. Like, it's pretty interesting because I love the concept of movies. I don't watch them, but I do like the concept of it in wrestling, if that makes sense. Um, but I wouldn't want to be in it. I don't think I could do that because I know it's scripted anyway, but that's a little too scripted for me. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I don't think I would do it myself personally. I think for me, it's kind of like, they try to like mix like the acting along with like trying to do like the wrestling spots and then kind of like mm-hmm. me personally it gets a little cringy i enjoy aj styles versus undertaker i was like okay this yes, one, I yes. Think it, it was 
it wasn't too much it wasn't too little it was mm-hmm. right where it needed to be and right but would I want to see it like frequently probably not yeah Mm-mm. that's how I feel too like it's okay maybe one maybe at a Wrestlemania every here and then but not every pay-per-view I don't want to see that you know so it's good to watch every once in a while but I wouldn't want to be in it <laughs> I couldn't do it yeah <laughs> and like sometimes it just makes you cringe probably because like the yeah they're trying, trying like to act and they're trying like to sell like whatever like right and it's, it's bad it's, yeah I don't want to say it's bad enough it's like crazy enough that you have to act out in the ring because you know you got to spots and you got to know the timing of what are you doing and you and your partner got to be right here like I said earlier but then you got to act within acting that's just like double overtime there you know (laughs) that's too much that's too much for me (laughs) so enough of like wrestling so okay how did you like get into you know like anime and you know comic books and all sorts of things that's interesting because I, I feel like it's the same. It. yeah it's the same with wrestling I feel like anime has always been there because I was watching like growing up it was Cartoon Network I was watching Toonami and I was just watching Dragon Ball Z and I just thought it was a regular cartoon and then over the years I was like what is Japanese animated cartoons you know people were explaining to me that older people my cousins they were explaining to me that it's anime and I was like what is this anime thing so then I went online and saw some more anime and I just got into it I fell off a little bit but I got into it then that's how it was I don't remember how I got into it I think because I watched the English dub version of Sailor Moon and I kind of like steer people away from that because they take out key points of like the plot of the original Sailor Moon and they try to like twist the story so two of the characters Haruka and Michiru in the Japanese original version, it's obvious that they're lovers, right? <laughs> right. But in the American right. version, they're painted as cousins or best friends or something. You like know that. what? They I were was, cousins. I remember something like that. I was like, bro, it just boggled really? my mind. It boggled my mind because I started with that as well, the English dub version. And then years later, I want to say I was fresh out of high school in California. I binge watched Sailor Moon, the Japanese Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. all thousand plus episodes and I was like they number one I was like they left out so much and number two they're cousins I mean they're lovers <laughs> I was so confused I was like but they like I grew up thinking they were cousins related but then I just found that they were lovers I was like wow well why did they hide this was don't, don't do that you know <laughs> I remember getting mad when I like when their characters like were first introduced because the way that they spoke to each other it was clear as day <laughs> that they had feelings for each other. I was like, bro, right, why right. did you do this? Why did you do this? Right. There's and so much left out. And not even just that, like. They just messed up. Oh, no, I was listening to They just messed up the whole thing. Yeah. And then, like, the cool. theme song, like, the opening theme. Like, at first, I found it to be catchy. You know, I was younger, so it was just, like, mm-hmm. it was whatever. But mm-hmm. the Japanese Sailor Moon soundtrack is amazing. And it just sounds so yes, much more yes, ma'am, it is. fluid. <laughs> so it was just like, it messed up the theme song too. <laughs> so Right, like what's going on here? Like the, I feel like Americans can't 
do that. You know, they can't really take over the Japanese thing. Like every time I see an anime on Netflix, I want it to be subbed because I don't want any dub because they leave out everything, you know? Yeah. And another favorite of mine is Inuyasha. I love that anime so much. I love Inuyasha too. It's kind of underrated compared to other popular anime series, but I grew up on that anime. I just love it so much. Me too. My favorite character, though, is Seishomaru <laughs> instead of Inuyasha. I knew it. I knew it. Everybody around me loves Seishomaru. <laughs> I mean, I love Inuyasha, too, but it was just something about mm-hmm. Seishomaru. Maybe it was, like, the way, like, he was created and, like, his outfit and, like, mm-hmm. his, his style and just, like, the way that he transformed throughout the series. He was, like, so cold-hearted. At the yeah. Family. And then he develops like a soft side, like towards the end. Was like, yeah, I was so <laughs> taken aback by that. I was like, he's being nice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that anime. It, it's really sad though. It's a tearjerker. That's yeah, the thing that it I is. Like about it. I was like, why is this making me sad? you know but that's just me I feel like that's what anime I'm drawn to when I do watch anime it's always the sad ones I'm like why did I come here (laughs) why did I come to this sad anime but no I enjoy it but (laughs) yeah but the woman who wrote the manga Rumiko Takahashi Mm -hmm. she's written some of my favorite anime Rama one half I don't think you watched that one that's like an 80s anime I don't know that one so basically it's about um this the main character's name is Rama and he jumps into like this pond and is cursed so every time he jumps into water he'll turn into a girl and then I guess what he's like splash wait a minute let me go back so if he like douches (laughs) cold water or he's like thrown into like cold water he turns into a girl but if like hot water or something steamy is like thrown on like the girl version of him, then he reverts back to a guy. And it's kind of like a curse that he's trying oh. to break throughout the entire series. But the thing is his father, That's interesting. his father got like a curse too. He jumped into another curse pond. And, but instead of like returning to like a woman, he turns into like a panda. So the whole show is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned into a whole animal. Yeah. <laughs> and what is this called? I think I might want to watch this later. <laughs> um, Rama. Rama. Rama one half. And okay. It's set, it's originally set in China. The two main characters are from China, but they moved to Japan to live in a residency of another family. The fathers of the families are friends. So they move in. And the girl, oh. her name is Akane. She's like the main female character she's like gets engaged to Rama to kind of like marry into the family but she could not stand Rama at all but it's pretty obvious that they have feelings for each other so it's kind of like see how like their feelings for each other develop throughout the show and she has to deal with like Rama being turned into a girl and back into a guy and she kind of like uses it Uh to her advantage to like one up him or something it's like when she gets mad at him she'll like throw cold water on him and turns into a girl (laughs) it's oh my goodness that's hilarious it's It's probably something i do in real life no i'm just joking i wouldn't do that in real life but no i think i'm gonna watch that because like i i used to cosplay i used to go to comic-con here in new york um at the jacob javis center all the time but 
like I fell off of that because like I said kids and working I used to work a lot back in the day so like I fell off of it but I kind of want to get back into anime it's just the community here in New York I'm not sure how it is where you live but here in New York you're so toxic and they take the fun out of it you know I love anime I do but they take the fun out of it you know so I just want to get back into it somehow (laughs) we're just I think but among like my anime friends, we kind of like just chill and we kind of like exchange like animes that we haven't watched and kind of like just recommend it to each other. And I personally like an anime That's with fun. Good, a very good soundtrack. I'm attracted to animes that have good music, <laughs> especially like mm, Cowboy yeah, Bebop. Yeah, that's good. Like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai. Oh, Shippen. I love that one. I love that one. Especially Samurai. You would like this one then. You would like this one then. This one has a bomb like opening theme. It's like, oh God, I got to get the name for you. It's funny that I had the shirt and I forget the name, but I got to watch it again. It's like, like I said, I fell off. But this anime, I'll shoot you the name of it and you can watch it. It's really good. Dope soundtrack. I actually downloaded it right after I heard it for the first time. It's a Korean anime, right? Yeah. I've never watched Korean anime. His name is Jin Mori. I've never watched Well, they're not talking Korean, but like their names. Yeah, I don't think they're speaking in Korean, but like their Uh, names and like where they are, they're in Seoul. They're in Seoul, Korea, I think. And they're like, I think it's God of High School. Yeah, it's God of High School. That's what it's called. Oh, and his I, name I, is Jin Mori. It's like he, yeah, like they just, they fight. They literally like, they're martial artists in the school and they fight to see who's the king of high school or God of high school. Wow, they fight it out. They literally, there's females in it and there's males in it. And this one female, I forget her name too, but she kicks like everybody's behind in that, in that school. She's badass, for real. Okay, this I have to see. <laughs> yes, no, for real, it's really cool. I don't know. It's just like my fascination with like Japanese culture. I don't know when and how it started. I think it all started with anime. Me neither. And then after a while, probably it so. Me turned too. into music, and I started listening to J-pop. I think I was more into J-rock than J-pop, but I listened to both heavily. And then after a while, I think that was the same thing for me. (laughs) That's funny. After a while, I think around 2013, 2014, I shifted over to Korea, Korean culture, because I have friends who they either speak the language or they are Korean. Like my closest friend, she actually studied abroad in Korea for about a year recently, and she loves, she loves it absolutely loves it so, i want to go so bad i i really i really want to go i told her i was just like one day we're gonna go back together because i really need to go and yeah no it's on my bucket list to go to south korea <laughs> yeah i don't even know how i got into k-pop well that's a lie i do know it was through sai the song gano style and i was like oh, oh my goodness we love sai there was this girl in the music video that was dancing beside him. She was so, she was so pretty. I was like, who is that? Then I found out that it was Hyuna. They like worked. Hyuna from Four Minute. Yeah, and then I listened to her song Bubble Pop, and that's how I got. Mm-hmm. Then I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> that song was so popping. That song was so popping back in 2014. I was actually an earlier K-pop fan. I think I started out with J-pop as well. Like you said, I was into Mayavi in high school. High school when I was in high school it was like 2006 so yeah I was into Mayavi and then it branched out to K-pop I was into 21 I was into Big Bang I was into uh, Girls Generation 
I, when I could tell them apart because there's like nine girls in that one group and I was just like I can't tell them apart <laughs> you know, I know so that was the thing I did me. that and it was just like even in Japan you have like so many members in a group like AKB48 yes. yes. it's like I, I'm sorry like yeah. I'll listen to the songs but I'm not even gonna try to figure out I can't. <laughs> I'll listen to right the- I was just like oh my gosh how many how many people do you need for this one group you guys don't need any backup dancers you have each other you know what I mean it's like so many people in one group um but yeah that's when I started around 2009-ish is when I got into k-pop k-pop yeah and I think it was YG with the k-pop groups it's just like I don't mind mind like the group like concept but sometimes you put too many members in the group like super junior that's like it. 13 13 members nct i still i still can't tell apart super junior to this very day and i know all of their songs i can't tell them apart for nothing <laughs> no i can't and then nct i'm like what in the world you have uh, like over 30 people and then they're separating the sub units ioi too i don't know if they're love- even still a thing ioi they're right? not together anymore i'm not even sure they're not together. Oh, anymore. see, look how late. <laughs> yeah, but there were so many that. of them too. I love them though. They were so great. Mm, they were cute. Their their song, very, very, very. I I still listen to it in my head. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? It's another. What's that song from them? They were everybody was like doing a little dance that year. I forget the name of the song, but it was it's in my head. Take me, it's a dance take in my head up. that they were doing. Yes, that one. <laughs> Pick me. That's what it was. It That's is exactly so what it was. <laughs> it is. It's such a cute song. And then I like I like the newer groups like Blackpink, Red Velvet, mm. Seventeen. I was a BTS fan, but after a while, they, so they much little, of them now. They got a little too big for me. Like around two thousand seventeen. <laughs> I was like, I can't even enjoy them no more. Yeah, after that, right. And then they have thing at McDonald's now. And I was just like, wow, I don't even eat McDonald's. They're everywhere now. Like, they're everywhere. That's the only thing that gets it for me. It's like, I can enjoy you, but the fandoms, that they ruin it. K-pop fandoms sometimes ruin it. Like, I don't know if you remember EXO. Oh, I love that. I don't know if you remember that. I can't even enjoy Yes. You know what I mean? Like the fandoms ruin it for me with K-pop. I'm gonna enjoy my K-pop. <laughs> I'm not gonna be on the forums with you guys because that's where it ruins it for me, you know? Yeah, and I think like my issue is when I get to into a group, there'll be like mm-hmm. one or two members that stick out to me the most. And then I kind of like enjoy them over the other members. And then I feel bad, like with Big Bang. <laughs> like, I love G-Dragon G and Yang. Those are my two favorite me members. Me too. Especially, Me too. especially GD. But I admit, when I first saw Big Bang, like I had like the biggest crush on Tay Yang. And then after a while, kind of shifted to GD. My sister, <laughs> you and my sister both. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I think because I gravitated to GD because of his like solo music, like he was like a soloist. Right. Probably since like the beginning of Big Bang, he was like dropping solo songs. So I was like listening to him. He was there actually the longest time out of the, all the members. He was there from when he was like a kid. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> that's the craziest thing about K-pop is like the training system. I, I looked up G-Dragon, he like trained for 11 years before he debuted. I was like, yeah, bro. The things I, they go through. 
the things they go through in Korea. I don't, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could go through it. No, no. I don't think so. And the twice member, Gio, she trained for 10 years before she debuted with twice. At YG? At JYP. Oh, probably at uh, JYP, right. Wow. In the world. Wow. She was years. there when Wonder Girls was making their debut, like 2007. Yeah, Wonder Girls are 2007, right? I was going to say around that time. I was still in high school when uh, Wonder Girls came out. I was like in 10th grade. It was a long time ago. What in the world? I think I can go through like what they did, but there's some. Yeah, because Koreans are like perfectionists. They want everything to be perfect, literally. And not, hey, I can't take away from it because we love K pop, but geez. Then after K-pop, I got into the K-dramas and I started getting into like the actors and actresses. Girl. Especially the actors. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ma'am. Oh my God. There's this one actor from my favorite K-drama, The Gob- Goblin, and his name is Lee Dong-woo. Oh. He, he plays the Grim Reaper and he's cool. My favorite. He's one of my favorite actors. I love him. When I first saw him, I was like, there's no way this man is Korean. Because I thought he was right from the West. He looks so Western. Yeah, he looks so Western, but he's full Korean. This man is not Korean. (laughs) Yeah, right? He looks like his his features are that of like a European man or something. I was like, this man is Korean. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, is he from Europe? I don't but I looked him up and I was like yeah he's full blood mm-hmm. <laughs> blew my mind but it's crazy the first drama I ever watched though was Boys Over Flowers and it was I know <laughs> it was beyond Baby. cringy it was cringy that acting was like oh this is a little this is a little toxic for me too especially like the main Just male character he was being like a douchebag what is that guy's name Lee, Lee, Lee something. I forget his name too. I think it's Lee, Lee Minho. He played like the main. Lee Minho, that's it. That's he, his name. His character was a douchebag to that girl, that poor girl throughout the whole series. Then they were falling in love poor. at the And then like the other. I like, thought she was going to go to the other guy who was treating her better, who made the song for her. Come that on now. Made me mad. I was pulling for them to be together too. And then she wants me to. I thought they were going to get married and everything. What? Oh, like not the toxic relationship. What is happening? <laughs> and that's but the thing. It, it was it made me cry. It did. I'm not going to lie. That was a tearjerker too, but I was just like, but no, you're supposed to be with him. <laughs> it was a mess. But the thing is the other dude, I don't even think he was like as interested in her romantically, especially in the beginning because he was like interested in another girl, but she was just like, she put him in a friend zone. Oh, right. So that made me mad too. Like, right. Boy, he's pouring out right, his heart. Exactly. He's pouring out his heart. And, and then you just go to the. It's going to leave him. Oh, my goodness. I can't. Leave the country. Right. <laughs> left the whole country and left him heartbroken. Bye. Wow, that's insane. There's another actor I love in Korea. I don't forget. Uh, Kyunbin. Kyungbin, he played in a lot of dramas, but the one that I like the most is called, um, my memory's so bad. Well, I'm gonna just tell you what it's about. I'll get the name for you, but it's like, they were in North Korea. He was stationed in North Korea. And this girl, she's like famous, you know, some famous actress in South Korea, 
and she went hang gliding. For some reason, she felt so stressed, she went hang gliding and a freaking tornado hit and she ended up in North Korea. What? She ended up in North Korea and ran into him, some handsome man in North Korea. She's like, oh, we gotta get help, we gotta get, she's thinking she's still in South Korea, but no, honey, you're in North Korea, you're trapped. So they had to hide her out there, whatever. It, it's just a whole thing. But he's another one of my favorite actors, Chom Bing. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> she was just a whole mess trying to get her back to South Korea. They crossed the border. They almost got killed. I was like, what is happening? Just because she wanted to go hang gliding on a day where a tornado wanted to come. <laughs> it's too much. It was so much. Another favorite um, drama of mine was Strong Woman, Do Bong Soon. I love that one. Oh, I remember that one too. I remember when that me was a good one. When I was still in college, me and my friends, we were like, we would binge watch that on Netflix. And uh, we were pulling for like the main couple the whole time. <laughs> and I remember the first time that they kissed, Same. he went nuts. We were like, all nuts, crazy. It was so nuts. good. It kept you glued to the screen. I, there were some moments where I did cringe, like some of the scenes, especially like the CGI effects, like trying to like make her look like really strong. Like she's like this little petite girl and she's like trying to be this strong woman with right. natural power. So it was a little cringy with how they went about it. Like the editing or whatnot, right. I, I still enjoyed it. And I like the soundtrack. Too. Yeah, it was a nice one. Oh yeah, I didn't catch the soundtrack. The soundtrack to Boys Over Flowers was pretty good. It gave me that nostalgic anime feel. I don't know if you know what I mean, like the 80s type thing. I was like, oh, this is cute because they have little ballads. Yeah. Um, there's another K-drama that I recently watched on Netflix. This one, I remember the name. It's called Miss Panda and Mr. Hedgehog. That it. one. <laughs> Did you watch that one? It was so cute. Her little face, she is so adorable. I was just like, why is her face so small? She does look like a panda. <laughs> She's so cute. I was crying in that one though because I was like, the whole time that's his grandson and that's his mom like he's living with these people thinking that they're strangers that they you know but they, those are his family it, it was mind-boggling crazy. it was crazy that plot koreans me. really know how to make you cry <laughs> like for real. i think one that i watch i like the ones with like the like the crimes and like the thriller ones so i watched prison playbook Ooh. on netflix that one was really good. And that I saw that one run across my TV. I should watch that. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot, I keep forgetting like what it was about. Basically, this um the main character, he was like a baseball player, like a baseball star in Korea. And he went to jail for assaulting a man, another dude, but that man was trying to sexually assault his sister, the um, baseball player's Ooh. sister. So I'm just like, how are he gonna get? get the jail time but anyway <laughs> right well, what happened that's a, a mess a whole mess like that right yeah. there <laughs> so basically <it's> like <laughs> detailing like his time in jail and like when he ultimately gets out and trying to like get back out into the world then he like encounters like people from his past like his ex-girlfriend who was played by crystal mm. from ethics she was she oh, was in that drama. I love her. Yeah, she was in that drama. Oh, wow. She played his ex-girlfriend. So it, it's a really good drama. I oh, FX is another slept-on group. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> now that you mentioned FX, I'm just like, wait. 
that's another one that slept on because oh my gosh sully not to get too off topic but like do you remember sully from fx Mm -hmm. yeah poor baby like that made me so sad and it did but yeah back on topic crystal was great crystal was great as an actress she surprised me I was yeah, like, wow, she's, she's actually, really, she's actually yeah. really good actress. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people give her enough credit for it, but she's really good. They don't. They don't. Who else is a good actress that's like from K, like a group? Dara, I don't know if you know a bunch about 21. I you said you were like Dara. a little later in the K-pop scene. Okay, so then you know Sandara Park. She's great too. Like she's a great actress as well. Wow. I, 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 love any, I don't know of any Korean movies she played, like, because she played in a lot of Filipino movies. I know that. Yeah, she was, she's very popular in the Philippines. It's kind of, like, unique, though. She had, like, she had, like, a following in the Philippines, and then she decided to go to Korea and, like, train, mm. like, a couple years before debut. I, I think it was, I think it was pretty cool on her part to, like, mm. go through that. But YG did them dirty. And I'll never. Oh my gosh! I, I never. I can't. I can't ever forgive YG. Like I like Blackpink. Don't get me wrong, but then all my friends who love Twenty One who are around me, they're like always saying, "Oh, but this song sounds like Twenty One." I'm like, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, some of like the new things when they first came out. I went, what was it, 2016 when they first came out when they debuted? It mm-hmm. did sound like Twenty One. I was a little like come on like it's fresh yeah. the wound is still fresh you know what I mean it's just like but after a while I was like oh they got their own sound you know yeah boom by y'all it was just like it reminded me of like a song. and I know people will get mad <laughs> you know what I mean it does like they're gonna earlier, get mad like they're earlier and then actually one of their songs one of Blackpink songs was recorded by 21 forever young and mm-hmm. I was just like told you I was like, oh gosh, see? Mm-hmm. Right, right. But I don't hate on them. I like Blackpink. I mean, I I like them. <laughs> I got over. I'm not going to say I got over to anyone because I'm still mad, but they're doing good, what they're doing now. Yeah, CL, she's going solo. You know, she finally dropped an EP. I'm so happy for her. So and happy She's for finally her. dropping an album after 10 years of waiting. <laughs> I, like, I cannot believe it's taken so long because I feel like because I heard YG didn't want her to come to America and do her thing. I was just like, why? Yeah, why you know what I mean? I don't know. Her if she wanted to. Like, she has that ability. Yep. Not a lot of... She speaks perfect English, you know, like... Yeah. Right. But now... Know, YG, what, I'm still mad at YG. <laughs> well, he, like, messed up with 21. He's trying to, like, make up for Blackpink, to be honest. And they're they're doing they're doing good. That's exactly what I, I thought. I admit they're doing good. You know, all they the are. members are multilingual. They speak multiple languages. Three of the members speak. Right, English. that's actually a plus. Yeah, three of the members speak. Only three? English. I thought it was all four. Oh, Jizu, uh, Jizu, she's like learning English, but she's not like entirely fluent. Mm. Yeah, so oh, okay. but she she can speak. I know English. one of them aren't Korean. I don't think Lisa. Lisa's from um Thailand, I believe. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa's. Yeah, Thailand. she's. I love her. She's amazing, and she speaks multiple. I languages. love her. I was like, dang girl. Okay. Yeah. And then some of them even learn it while they're training. I'm like, it took because I know Korean, and it took me. I want to say like three years to learn it, like yeah, three I, years, I, and they learn it like that. It's like. 
I recently started studying. That's a lot. So I only know a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah that's good. It's, it's easy once you get it. It's easy. It's insane. I'm just like, but they do have that global appeal because they can speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Even in their music, you know, they can go from Korean to English or Japanese to English, whatnot. And it sounds like fluid. It doesn't like sound like, oh, okay, you can tell like they're not fluent in the language. They're just like singing the lyrics. Right. So, yeah, it, right. it works, but I, I'm still mad at YG. <laughs> <laughs> can't even like I used to fight when 21 broke up I unfollowed him on on Instagram and everything I was like okay I'm mad and I never followed him again that's how that's how it is because I'm a blackjack for life man for yeah. life but I also got like to like like k-hip-hop and k-r&b that's how I got into like Jay Park and Dean I love him I love Jay Park I love Dean too, but he's only dropped one EP since 2016. That's it? Yeah. Oh, you overdue. He's overdue for some more stuff. Who else do I I like? Jesse. Jesse killing it. Yes. Jesse is killing it. I'm glad she's finally getting the attention she deserves. Probably because like she had a lot of good stuff before she joined Size Record Label, but she like now she's getting like you said the recognition she deserves because she wasn't getting it before. Now she deserves it. She does. I love her. She's amazing. I'm trying to figure out who else do I like. Not a lot of K-pop that I listen to nowadays. I, I know a lot yeah. of old ones. That's about it. <laughs> I listen to like K-hip-hop, K-R&B a lot nowadays. There's this one rapper under yeah. Jay Park's record label named Simon Dominic. He's amazing. Oh. And he's very handsome. <laughs> all, all of them... <laughs> All of those rappers on a, on I think it should be illegal for them to be that fine. I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also this one rapper. It should be illegal. This rapper from Show Me the Money. He was on Show Me the Money, like the rap competition. And then he mm-hmm. he was actually signed to YG for like a brief period of time. His rap name is like oh. his rap name is one. Like that's like his rap name. I don't know why. But he's cool. I know him. Yeah. He's gorgeous. He has his own record label now. So he's actually dropped okay. a single album recently. I was like, thank you. Because he was like trying to get it like done while he was in YG, but he was like, uh-uh. YG wanted him to be an actor. Uh, YG. So he was like doing acting roles. I mean, yeah, but I mean he has an actor. That's cool, like, but no. Face. But I'm just like, he wants That's to what it is rap. about YG. <laughs> right that's what it is about YG he's all about this and not about talent you know what I mean because he wanted CL to do plastic surgery and CL was like no I'm gonna keep my face <laughs> you know what I mean that's so why I'm like YG please Herman one of the um 21 members I think it was CL said like flat out said it YG called them ugly to their faces Oh my god! And poor baby Park Bone, I love her to death, but she did so much to her face. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You can tell. You can tell. Like we, we love Bone. I love Park Bone, but baby, oh my goodness, so sad. I mean, but Koreans love plastic surgery. They, they do. And if you tell them they had it, they'll just say thank you. (laughs) You know, they love it. It it is very, very true. I think one group that I wasn't 
like heavy on in the beginning, but now I'm like getting into her. Like the earlier stuff is twice. And the reason I say that is because they have like that very cutesy oh. concept. And I wasn't like a big fan of that after a while because I was like cringing. But now I'm listening to their earlier yeah. songs. I'm just like, I must have missed out on something. <laughs> their songs are really good. I like I like their first album. I want to say that was their first album, the blue cover. I remember it being downloaded on my iPod way back in the day. It was a blue cover. I don't know what the name of it was, but their first album was really good to me. But then after that, I was just like, oh gosh, you guys are too cute. <laughs> like they didn't, they kept the cutesy thing. And I was just like, oh man. Cause they, you know, all the Korean pop looked the same at that time. Cause that's why I fell off. I was just like, it's too much. All this cute stuff. <laughs> They're now doing like more mature stuff. I'm just like, they are the Lord. I'm like, these are 20 early to mid 20s women. It's Sorry, kind of changed up. <laughs> the city back here making noise. <laughs> but it's just like they're like in their early to mid 20s now. It's time to change up. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Women out here singing cutesy stuff. <laughs> Like, can we please get it grown a little bit, you know? And then another group that I was saying that to, too, now that you mentioned that, was Teen Top. I don't know if you remember them, Teen Top. Mm-hmm. They were teenagers. But then I was like, well, what are you going to do when they're not teenagers anymore? Are they still going to be Teen Top, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're like in yeah. group names, too. I like, like the simple group names, like Big Bang. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. They even made like a that's simple. a whole song off their group name. <laughs> it was like they B did B to the A and G, and it stuck like it sticks with you. And it's just catchy. All their songs were like so catchy. I miss them. Yeah, I miss K-pop is. like that. I mean, K-pop like that is good now, but like you know, groups aren't the same to me anymore. Yeah, and then a group in YG named Winner. I was like, what? I love them at first. I did, but then I was like, wow, you guys are too much like Big Bang. Exactly. Uh, like After, to me, they were getting there. Yeah, their earlier work is like 2014, 2017 winner is the best. Mm. But after right. that, it's kind of like, eh, I'm not as much into them anymore. Yeah, and then there was one guy in there, me, I don't know if it's Mino or Mino. He looks yeah. just like GD. So I was just like, is Mino. I was like, wow, they found his brother. <laughs> yeah. Him, you know that one, right? Yeah, he looks just like GD to me. So I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Mino was actually supposed to be in another like K-pop group. He was supposed to be in Block B, which is oh. like Zico's K-pop group. They all were supposed to be in Really? Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember that. I was like, bro. <laughs> That's crazy <laughs> they were. I love Block B though. Their sound was different. They were more like hip-hop rock type of thing like their songs went hard like a rock song but it was still like rap like hip-hop you know and k-pop it was cool yeah. i like block b i remember listening to very very good by um block b i was like what is this yes that song it was chaotic that song. it was really really good and it's like wow right. and there was another song by them too that i like i think it was yeah her it's, it's that a- song i love that song I was gonna say it's her, right? It's on the same album, that song. That song and I'm her. And I just like Zico solo music too. Here I go again, like liking like Oh yeah, solo stuff? Yeah, Zico, yeah. He's amazing. He Oh has, like, wow. See, I really fell off. Yeah. 
he has like an EP. I didn't even know he had any solo stuff. My favorite EP of his, I think it's called Television. It's only like six songs, but it's like really, really mm. good. And he has like okay. this super group that he's in with Dean, the R&B singer, and another R&B singer, Crush. It's like this group called Fancy Child, and they have like a song on the album together. It's amazing. Mm, okay. I gotta yeah, check I like that to out. I like see their solo work. He's, he's pretty good. Okay, that's dope. He's, he reminds me of GD, but like in a more hardcore way, if that makes sense, because GD is very dainty <laughs> like he's dope I love his music but he's very dainty and girl like his style is very girly but I like it on him it fits him Zico is very hardcore I like yeah. his style I, I, I think GD is more like on the laid back side with like his rapping style it's not right right Zico's is aggressive <laughs> right exactly that's exactly what I mean right it's cool though. I love K-pop. It's like at one point I only listened to K-pop. Like that was the only thing I listened to. I didn't even listen to anything from here. Like not I didn't know any new music from America. It was only K-pop. I knew everything about K-pop. Now that was that was kind of like me too. That's kind of like me, not like K-pop, but like Latin music because I love like Latin music. Mm. Like I post a lot in my stories. I listen to like yeah, J Balvin, Daddy Yankee, Maluma. Uh, who else? Carol G, Danny Ocean. Oh, I love Carol G. A, a lot, a lot of people. Becky G, she's singing Spanish. Bad Bunny, I love Bad Bunny. Oh yeah, I know her. Don't get me started on Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. I've been with him he since got the beginning. He respect for me this year. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, I loved his music before. Like, you know, when I used to work at the salad store, like, they used to play it all the time because it was predominantly Spanish people who had worked there with me. I was like, who is this guy? He sounds dope, you know? So then I looked him up. But then when he started wrestling, I was just like, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Bad Bunny is cool. I think I started following him. I was, like, on SoundCloud. That's how I was, like, listening mm. to, like, my Korean, like, hip-hop and R&B songs that I couldn't find on Spotify. So I was on SoundCloud. And then okay. after a while, I started looking at like some like Latin music on Spotify and like in my recommendations, they're like Bad Bunny all over it. I was like, who is this? So I listened to one of his songs. I can't remember the name of it. And then I was hooked. I was just like, who is this? And I've been like following him. Right. All the albums. He has like a lot of singles though. He's like featured on everybody's songs. So it's like hard. He does. He's like, yeah. Every time we turn around, there's a new single. Yeah, have a feature on it. Hey, how are you? I know. Like when I first heard him, it was on Cardi B's song that uh, I like it song. I was like, "Who is this guy talking about Eddie Guerrero and um and uh who else?" It was Superfly Snooker. They said in the line, I was like, "Oh, they know about wrestling." That's what attracted me. Them. I was like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, know about wrestling." That's funny. <laughs> I saw like an interview. That was, with him. That was a cute little thing. I saw an interview with him mm -hmm. where it's kind of like those YouTube channels. YouTube videos where it's like 10 things you can't live without. And he had like the replica of like uh -huh. the World Heavyweight Championship belt. And then he was talking about like his favorite wrestlers oh, wow. like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> this is it. This guy knows his stuff, right? <laughs> and then he like I never killed it that. at like, WrestleMania. <laughs> Homeboy killed it at WrestleMania. That shocked me. Canadian Destroyer? I was like, excuse me. 
you got it. You know, because everybody was always like, oh, what you? Yeah, right. He was doing everything. And I was like, you know, people were asking me prior to WrestleMania, what do you think he's going to do? I was like, I don't know. Because like, I was scared, like, because they always do celebrity matches, like, dirty. They just put him in there, one, two, three, and that's it. But no, he gave us a fight. Like, he did. And then they won the match. I was surprised. This is awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's what. That's the best part. Because if he would have did all that and lost, I'd have turned off the TV. <laughs> yeah. And then they gave him, like, the 24-7 championship. And they let him run with that. Right. And they even kept him. I thought he was going to go after WrestleMania. But they even kept him for a little stint after that. So that was good. Yeah. It, yeah. He did. He did. That was good. <laughs> He yeah. did. He did good. I was happy to see that. Wow. So we've talked about a lot <laughs> over the past hour. We did. <laughs> so we've been on here for an hour already. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. So being that okay. you're preparing to get back in the ring, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to the most? Oh my goodness. I guess just going in general because there's a lot of I'm not going to speak too much but there's a lot of people who doesn't don't believe that I can so just the fact that I'm going back is just enough you know what I mean and maybe like my wrestling move the move set that I have in my head is going to be amazing and like the character like everything just everything I'm just so excited about getting back into the ring just the adrenaline itself because like you know during the pandemic and being at home with my kids it's like I needed that rush to get me back you know what I mean I need that rush I just need mm -hmm. something so I just can't wait for people to see just everything I bring promos gear style everything <laughs> yeah and last but surely not least how can people get in touch with you on social media you have like a, a, a brand oh, so, for you yeah so everything is as told by Rena except for TikTok it has two A's at the end but it's everything is as told by Rena. I have a website as told by and I'm going to launch some merch soon. I should have wore it today, but I, it's in the laundry, <laughs> but I have merch coming soon. We're going to release it probably by my daughter's birthday, which is like the end of summer. So look out for that. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> all right. This has been awesome. <laughs> Just like talk about all of my, I was so things. excited for this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for taking part in this interview. I'm looking forward to seeing everything you have in store in the next coming months. Thank you. And yeah, and I let's just keep in touch because this was a, a great talk. Thank you. We, we got we gotta chat more. <laughs> okay. So yes, we do. I'm so excited for the next time. Okay. Thank bye. you. And bye everyone. Thank you for tuning in.